This is the second six of not interviews with writers, more conversations and trying to listen as carefully as I can to what another writer is saying. It's been a tremendous experience for me because I've been deeply moved constantly with each writer by their willingness to try and answer almost anything you ask. Even if there are no definitive answers, the joy has been in the act of almost reaching a solution and an answer to this mystery of writing. So today, rather wonderfully, we're talking, or I hope to talk with, Yen Ge, who is an Irish writer. She has just been published in the new Faber anthology of Irish short stories, edited by Lucy Caldwell. Her story opens the book, and I think when you read it, you'll see why. It's a truly extraordinary piece of writing. Uh, she has also published in English The Chili Bean Paste Clan, but also uh, in Chinese, she's published a number of other novels. She's been writing since she was 17. In China, rather magically, she was said to be a future master of writing in Chinese. I think on the evidence of this short story, for instance, that future has come. So it's a, it's a joy to be talking today to Yan Ge. My real name is, um, so in Chinese, it's Dai Yuexing. Dai, oh. that's my family name. Oh. Yuexing, that's my given name. Wow. Um, which is quite of a poetic name because um, it was given to me by my granny, who is a poet. Um, it's from this sort of um, ancient line from this classic poetry um, back in Jin Dynasty. And basically it means um, walk under the moon and to take the moon as your hat. Oh my God. So like my surname Dai is like to wear something on your yeah, hat. Yeah, my new book is called A Thousand Moons. Oh no. So now we should, we'll say no more. We'll, we'll finish that there. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, it's not. I... So, um, I this, think, th these, were, these were, were the poets in your family? Yeah, yeah, so, like, the, the, you know, like, whenever I was asked to, 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 to answer the question, um, how did you become a writer, or, mm. like, how did you decide to write, mm. I never got to decide. <laughs> when yeah. I was born, so my whole family, like, my extended family, so my parents and my grandparents, my uncles, and... Um, yeah, my whole extended family were mostly literary people. Mm. So we have poets, we have um, literature teacher, we had um, editors, we had journalists. Yes. <laughs> and when I was born, they decided we need a writer. Yes. So they gave me my born name, like my real name, Dai Singh, which would be, in my granny's words, the perfect name to be put on the cover of your book. Wow. So that's why, and, and I think I grew up like really like kind of... Um, I just immersed in, in my, so my family would be sort of, there's, they're all sort of melodramatic in a way mm. that we talk about poetry all the time. Yes. And like at dinner table, we talk yes. about poetry, recite, I think they'd recite like, you know, um, classic poems like back whenever and Chinese and we cry together. If only, um, if only we did that more now. <laughs> It's difficult to in introduce that into the yeah. the curriculum of your child now, who yeah, who is yeah, on the PlayStation. And all now, yeah, exactly. That's what mm. I was about to say. Now mm. we have more distraction. Mm. But when I was small, um, it was it like so. I assigned myself to recite on mm. like I, I would say <clears throat> three to five um, poems a day. Wow. Nobody gave me this task. No, I just no. I loved it genuinely. It's but, how you learn to write prose, in my opinion. Yeah, is, probably. Because I wrote poetry for many years, <laughs> published it, 
but I realized it wasn't possibly truly, you know, tremendous poetry, but mm. it was a way of understanding the sent a sentence oh, structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that because you're breaking really, it down. Yeah, I mean, because I really kind of uh, growing up reciting um, classic poetry. Mm. Um, I think it was definitely in my gene, and mm. for so long, I think um, I was trying to write roughly. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, uh -huh. I, I feel a bit embarrassed that I always write so finely, yes. and I care about kind of the the, the rhythms, and sometimes, um, yeah. But, but you're breaking it up. This is another thing I do understand, mm. where you're, and this is why Beckett wrote in French. Yeah. It's to get away from the feeling that you can do it well, yeah, and yeah. you need to break it. You need to yeah, break it, yeah. but you also need to break it in a sort of friendly way hmm. without destroying it, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's very interesting. You see, because now I also write in English mm. and that is the language that I don't have any right, like, you know, initially or sometimes still. Well, exactly. I have no rights over this new language and I negotiate with it very carefully, you know. I kind of feel sometimes, I do feel it's a liberation that you have limited choices. Yes. And then you just play with it. But that very sense of, you know, being restrained actually yeah. liberates. Well, Beckett felt that English, Irish English was too too musical, mm. too had a, too great a tendency towards sentimentality, mm. towards um, description. Mm. He wanted something much uh, cleaner, yeah, so yeah. that his brain had only just met the words. Yeah, yeah. yeah as a grown person yeah. rather than as a child. Yeah. But it seems to me that. I mean, would you say that your your loving engagement with these poems mm. ha did have an effect on your prose writing? Oh, later? absolutely! Mm. Yeah, I am mm. so like I got published when I was very young, mm. like in you were seventeen. Yeah, and so I, I think my early works, like even now, like you know, because people they sort of have this delayed re reaction. They talk about works you wrote twenty years ago all the time, and, and even now uh, I think I'm. Uh, how do you mean? Because because um, that was sort of my sort. Would you say that's like a debut? Like that's how mm. I made my entrance into mm -hmm. the literary circle by producing. So uh, my earlier work when I wrote, um, you know, I wrote them when I was like before 20, like 16, 17, around 20, um, would be quite lyrical, highly yeah. lyrical, yeah. and you can read them out. It's sort of like, it has this music musicality in it, and it's quite um, distinctive. The chili bean paste clan? That's where, much, much later. Much later? Yeah, that's like... That me, is right, breaking, right, that's right, trying to break. It. Yeah, exactly, mm. that's me, like I was very rough in that. I yeah. think people... I really um, recognize that, by the way. I mean, from my own point of view. Because yeah. in my last book, I just thought, I've been doing this for 40 years, I've got to mm. break again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, no. you don't just do it once necessarily. Mm. So the, my novel, Days Without End, is written in a kind of broken American mm. English of the mm. 1850s. Mm. But it wasn't just because it was trying to be proper to the time, mm. but to, to, um, to do it for myself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. To break what I could do so maybe I could do something else. Isn't yeah, that what absolutely, it is? absolutely. I, I, I think, well, like my experience would, you know, it, it is nothing like in comparison with yours, I would say, because I'm a much younger and like a junior writer. But I have like, I think one thing that's very important to me in this game of writing mm. is that um, I always want to challenge myself. And mm. I think it's very easy to slip into a habit to use mm. a set of skills that you use very well and mm -hmm. it's well recognized to tell more stories. Mm. And it's probably a like more efficient and commercially mm. more like 
acceptable way of doing it. Mm. But I think what it, it what it is in there for me is that I want to challenge myself. I want to try different things, mm. and because like you know, I think writing is magnificent in the sense. Like it is just one word, but it has this enormous, profound variety in mm. it. Like everybody can write in mm-hmm. a way. I mm-hmm. I was approached by I couldn't remember the numbers of people to say, I want to write a story, or I'm mm. writing a story, mm. or you should write my story. Mm. Very often in the pub. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think in a way because the language is the thing we use to write. So everybody feel we can use it. Everybody and yet, uses and yet, language. Yeah, it's a curious business what you choose to write. Mm. See, that person in the pub is wrong in a way. Unless by sheer cosmic accident, you could (laughs) never write their stories. You can write your stories. Mm. It's a task in itself, isn't it, to identify Mm. your stories. Those salmon in that river, in that countryside, that somehow you can catch. You have given yourself an interesting task, which is more Joseph Conrad than anything I can think of in <laughs> Ireland, where, because Beckett's going by choice to, mm. to French. Joseph Conrad, born uh, speaking Polish, French becomes his nearly his first language. Mm. Only when he's 30 does he learn English. Mm. Okay. And, and remained all his life with a very difficult to penetrate accent, apparently, mm. in English, didn't speak very well, which is interesting. Mm. But but could write the best of all mm, English language that. writers in the history of the world. Mm, yeah. Now, how was that? That is now. I'm saying this because when I read your story in the Faber anthology, oh. I just thought to myself, this is this is a person with the best understanding of the innate uh, possible magics of the English language. And, and I saw, you know, supposedly your, your Yen girl, you're from China, but to me, this is the Faber anthology of Irish short stories. And mm-hmm. here was this wildly civilized Irish story mm-hmm. uh, written by you. So then I thought, well, I have to, I have to talk oh, to you. Because you. how can that be? You, you could ask it legitimately mm-hmm. that you would have such. So, because your understanding of English has nothing to do with. Um, it's nothing to do with learning it or academia or mm. it's to do with uh, something in the synapses of the brain I don't really know actually. I mean um, that's I a good answer you don't really know yeah because um, I always feel it is such an an accident that I am like it is not like I've made it my life's mission no. that I want to and it's Conrad would say the same thing. Yeah, Absolutely. it is similar, say, because English is the, the lingua franca, and then we were taught English. You uh, know, this is like my uh, only choice. I wish I could, written in, you know, I wish I could do in French, or, but like yeah. I, I don't have any of those. I could only mm. do English because English is what we learn at uh, school, and then you know, you sort of. A, but yeah, very similarly, actually, I, I, I'd be so <laughs> terrified, like, to compare myself with Conrad. But um, mm. I went to the United States when I was 26. That was the first time ever I left China. So I've always lived in China. I've always actually lived in my hometown. Mm. <laughs> I, I always, I'm a very kind of indoor person. I want to stay close to my parents. And so mm. I went to university, which were kind of um, 40 minutes drive away from where mm. I was born. Um, yeah, so I, um, but then I just traveled when 26 years old. I was mm. the first time. And 
I, I've studied English at school,、mm. um, but no, it was very、you. different. Yeah, I remember I was、yeah. I I went to the university and the first class I was I was just there saying hi to my supervisor actually.、Mm. So he was teaching undergraduates in this classroom, and what they're talking about、um, was the vampires in literary work. Because that was the year when Twilight, you know, the、mm-hmm. was a movie or the book, probably、mm. both were got, kind of、mm. getting really popular. So he was、yeah. trying to. Oddly preach- enough, I thought you said empires, but you said vampires. <laughs> empires, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think so. You, like it is actually quite light, but I、yeah. remember me sitting there, getting absolutely lost. I was、yeah. absolutely lost.、Yes. I had no idea what was going on. Who was saying what? Frightened or no? No, I just couldn't because、oh. it's very different, like from the in- English you learn. On the book,、yeah. or like you, re- like I actually read、uh, a lot, but it's very different.、Mm. And yeah, and I think I struggle a lot、um, for a while, and then it just came. To- I'm not saying that I'm doing this greatly. I struggle、yeah. with it every well, day. I'm saying that, so you don't have to say it. <laughs> um, but um, because we all struggle with it. I mean, the the the, the mutatis mutandis、um, similarity. There's something、mm. that makes you、mm. um, fit into the favorite book of. The Irish folk story is, is that the reason we can meet as strangers is、mm. because I think there is something about the accumulation of weather,、mm. both linguistic,、mm. social, familial,、mm. that hits the right the mind of an individual who ends up writing. Yeah, yeah. Not as a not as a psychiatric answer to being alive,、mm. but because certain things have happened to them. Mm. That poises them like a dancer <laughs> to、mm. to express, and、yeah. it's always. I mean, there's nothing more terrifying for a dancer than rehearsal because they can't do the dance. And you、mm. spoke of the difficulty of writing.、Mm. I mean, this is common. To, if it's not difficult, obviously, it's not worth yeah, doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah.、Um, I, I, just, just、um, because the whole、uh, purpose of our mysterious podcast, in a way, <laughs> is. Because I, you know, was for some reason again, I like you. My question: Why I was made a laureate for Irish fiction?、Um, it just made me think that. Well, I mean, if I'd been a carpenter for forty-three、mm. years, I'd probably know what carpentry was for.、Yeah. It was to make a nice straight table <laughs> or a cupboard. But I actually, probably partly because I didn't want to ask the question.、Mm. You know, what what is it that we do?、Mm. Um, And so the 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 title is what what the hell stroke heaven、mm. is writing.、Mm. I mean, not what they talk about in necessarily even in Norwich、mm. at the UEA, <laughs> or, or or when I was teaching in UCD this year.、Mm. It, it's and nothing to do with academia or journalism because、mm. journalism journalists have a huge role to play, but、mm. not for us. It's、yeah. for your readers. Yeah.、Um, and you. You have been writing for eighteen years. I, I point out to you without yeah, no. without、uh, saying your age.、Um, so that's a long time. That's、yeah. six times longer than John Keats had to write his、oh、poetry. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, you've, been, you've been around、It、a long time. Immediately, if I'm such a failure. Do you do you ever? But you're so not. But、uh, do you ever? You see, you sound, you sound like me even saying that.、And、then my wife goes, "Oh, shut up." Stop! Stop saying that, because <laughs> you know that's what we need to feel in a way. Because、mm. if if we also felt we had succeeded in something, well, well, what do you do next day?、Yeah. I mean, my question is really: Do you have a moment, you know, in the privacy of your workroom、mm. or wherever you work, 
Um, do you ever wonder about even yourself as a as a creature, mm. as Homo sapiens sapiens, and then all the hominids that come before? Because that's only two hundred thousand years we've mm. been this creature, which is nothing. Mm. You mm. can't get a pencil small enough to mark that yeah, on the yeah, time no, of the absolutely. Earth, yeah. even. Um, you know, what is the responsibility of that? What is the purpose of that? Mm. Why do we conspire with ourselves to make <laughs> stories, do you think? Do you have, mm. even if you're silent and you don't have an answer, that would be fine. No, actually, I do. Uh, I do have a, not like to this big question, but I have my no. personal interpretation of yes. it, right? Yeah. I think, um, because um, that was the only question, because like when I saw those questions, yeah. I was like, oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but um, I, actually, I, go, uh, myself, actually, I am, I don't know, I am one of those writers who actually know very clearly why I write. Oh, and I do know very clearly. And so I, glad I asked and I, and I talk to, um, I don't really talk about it kind of publicly, actually, because it's quite intense. But I have talked about it to, like, friends, you mm. know, like, 2 a.m. over multiple shots. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was very, like, so I'm just going to uh, say this. Um, yeah, and you, you know, like the way I grew up, like I, I was brought up to be a writer. So mm. I got published very young. Um, but in a way, I think there was this decisive moment in my life that before that I wrote because I wanted to express myself. I wrote really kind of intuitively mm. and also because I got lots of compliments. You know, it's just mm. like... In the sense, it's a from it's your grandmother. From uh, no, and later I got published. I got. She's the most important, though, isn't she? It's very important. <laughs> anyway, but I think the turning point for me, like for me to decide that mm. I actually do want to write, not just in the sense of like getting published, getting praised, mm. getting readers. Mm -hmm. um, it's just is is when I was nineteen years old, and and that was a year. And my mom got cancer, and she was admitted in hospital and died in ten month time. Mm. And it was it was it was really you know it was so mm. traumatizing and, mm. and at the same time it was really really profound. It was the first time that I I realized we're humans that you know that that I I view her and when she was suffering and I was suffering with her in mm. a different way. Mm. But that's the thing that brought me to think as a nineteen year old. <laughs> about humanity, about mm -hmm. how, you know, because we were so vulnerable, we're nothing compared with this formidable power where mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. And mm -hmm. um, I think the moment came, so, yeah, and she never really talked about, like, the fact she had, had cancer mm -hmm. or she was about to die. We never talked about it. Mm -hmm. And the day um, they called me to say, you know, this probably will be the day I went in, and, mm -hmm. and she was sitting there and... And then uh, my uncle was holding her, so and he saw me coming. She said, "He said, would you like to?" So I sat there beside her, and then I held my mom, and I I held her hand. I said, "Well, if you want to lie down, you can squeeze my hand because she wouldn't be able to speak back then." Mm -hmm. So eventually, she squeezed my hand. I knew she was tired, and I just put her down. And that was the moment I saw her looking into my eyes, me looking into her eyes, mm -hmm. and I saw enormous fear, you know, because she knew she it's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And that really, that really stayed with me, the look in her eyes. And she passed away, like, probably 10 minutes after or something. Um, it really stayed with me mm -hmm. because I'm from a country that officially has no religion, you know. Mm -hmm. And what do we do when, like... Because I was imagining, because everybody then starts saying to me, you know, 
um, your mom got cancer, you're going to get cancer. And mm -hmm. I kind of feel I'm going to die the way she dies. Mm -hmm. And then I start to think a lot about how I'm going to, how I am going to cope with mm -hmm. my death when it comes. And I think death is, you know, the, 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 the most extreme, the mm -hmm. ultimate form of solitude. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I write, because writing is a practice of being kind of um, friends with solitude. Mm. It's, it's a practice of um, getting to know solitude, find peace with solitude. It's to be in solitude, to kind of embrace that as your being. I think writing to me is my exercise. I'm like a monk. I do this mm -hmm. practice. It's to mm -hmm. train myself to get used to solitude, to become mm -hmm. solitude's friend. And when the utmost so solitude comes to me, I will not be afraid. I will not have that, like enormous fear. I um, want myself to be better prepared when it comes. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really... I know it's a bit silly. That's why I don't say it in public, because it's very no, silly. This is so not silly, because I mean, my feeling about it, having been forced to consider it, is everything to do with the look in your mother's eyes. And it's not just the fact that it was fear, but that you recognize the fear. Mm. You were taking the fear back into yourself, mm. considering, considering it in your own terms. Mm. And out of this was going to come storytelling, because if you consider us at the very beginning of our adventure as this creature, mm. when we have our fire lit in the night time to yeah. dispel the fear of the animals yeah. that are coming to get us, mm. or our enemies, even worse. Um, what do you do? You can't sit there in total silence. Mm. You, and what is the greatest thing you can do? Mm. And surely it is to make somebody forget their fear yeah, by the yeah. power of the story you're telling them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that as you look into their eye, mm. the fear goes out of their eyes. Mm. Would, you, would, it be, would it be inappropriate of me to suggest, therefore, that you're not just solacing yourself with your beautiful solitude, but also, your, retrospectively, your mother, that you're, 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 you're writing back into those eyes. Could no. that be a possibility? No, no, absolutely. I mean, that was such a defining moment to me, like mm. this whole thing. Yes. Um, I, I sometimes now, like I'm 34, yeah. I feel a bit embarrassed that I still talk about it. Like, no. you know, it's so many years ago. Yeah. But it was the thing that defined me as a writer. Yeah. And it was the thing that made me write. And it has nothing to do with getting published or no. being recognized. It's my practice of... I think it's probably a way of me carrying on with my mother. Like, mm. you know, she's always part of... Mm. My life. I think we're justified in saying that, you know, that if you want her to be there yeah. forever yeah. in that moment, yeah. um, then, then, then she is. Because actually that's provable. When, when, when Einstein's friend, friend's wife died, mm. Einstein wrote to him and said, I know you're sorrowing, mm. but of course it's just that we don't have that extra sense to realize that our understanding mm. of time is wrong. Mm. And it's no comfort to you in this moment, but it mm. is actually true mm. that your wife is always present in that mm. sense. Um, no, I think that's absolutely right, and it is something you know because um, 
Now I write in English, and I realize um, people talk about tense a lot. You know, shall I write with first person? Shall then? But in Chinese language, we don't have tense. Uh, so in a way, everything is present tense oh, or well, non-tense, like tense less. Freedom. Right. So I think uh, the way I construct a story always, mm. even now when I write in English, mm. and tense is like time. The concept of the, of the linear time is always mm. like a grammar. That I check my story with,、mm. not the way like I naturally construct my story,、mm. because the language I came from has no、mm. tense, and the way I picture the story is always a big room. That's how I put everything in there, and then when, once I place them in their places、mm. in this big space, they、mm. share and they're、mm. they're gonna have a conversation、mm. with each other, and that conversation is my story.、Mm. So、uh, it's it's always so it's kind of in a way it's kind of spatial, and I never really picture、yeah. anything in that kind of a linear like temporal even, sense. So therefore, do you in a sense see and hear your work in three dimensions? Rather than write it, I mean, after all, writing is a very late、mm. technology, isn't it?、Yeah. It used to be completely oral. So if it was,、oh, yeah. if you wanted to tell me、mm. um, your short story, you'd have、mm. to say it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So writing it down is a really we we put a high priority on that writing, <laughs> but actually, it, it, it more properly exists and more anciently、mm. exists、mm. and for a much longer time exists、mm. in the air.、Mm. Is that a is that a a Chinese? Idea that is that why there are no tenses because I think Chinese language、um, itself is full of ambiguity and、mm. that sense of not certain、mm. is very key to this culture to、mm. our kind of、um, thought、mm. and it's funny because. And when you were saying about the thousand moon,、mm. I actually wrote something called a thousand moon like last <laughs> month. <laughs> My God, we're the same person. <laughs> but it came from、uh, this Chinese idiom—not the idiom, but it was a quote from、um, Zhu Xi. So it's、uh, this Ming Dynasty scholar,、uh-huh. and it was very famously he said.、Um, so in Chinese, it's called Yue In Xian Chuan, which means the moon is reflected in the thousand rivers,、uh-huh. which means. You know, it's about our relation with truth.、Yes. You have only one truth. If you if you、yes. view the moon in the sky as this one entity of of truism, yes. But its reflection, once it's reflected、mm. in the rivers, and you have a thousand, even more interpretations, versions of the truth.、Yes. And it was only through this a thousand versions of the reflections of moons in the rivers could truth speak to us.、Mm-hmm. So that was sort of a. And there is a Chinese novel called A Thousand Moons in a Thousand Rivers. Oh, is I it? Believe. Okay,、oh, um, I didn't know that. So that was probably, and then it, it became sort of like this idiom. Yeah. And and then that was part of to say how we interpret, how、mm. how we could like you know detect to see truth around、yes. us, like in the rivers, not to you know it's not necessarily in the profound setting. It's quite mundane. So for me, this is a Native American indigenous、uh, phrase. Is that、mm. see that Lakota Sioux? Face on my book in some other language. Oh, she's、okay. Lakota Sioux woman. Okay.、Um, or or Quahatika maybe in the desert. I can't remember. But、uh, this a thousand moons is、um, obviously that's a lifetime. It's about eighty three、mm. years. Yeah. So it's a sense of time as being a circle,、ah, and that you can come round.、Mm. You can't quite get back. To where you know, if you were with your mother, for instance, in her terms, as she loses her mother in this book, A Thousand Moons,、uh, she knows from her mother's description of time that if you go long enough around on the hoop, you、mm. could get back to her,、mm. ah. but you can't live long enough. 
uh, in a way to do that. It's just so fascinating yeah. because it's like the same thing, you know, is it's it? like a different interpretation. And also it sort of, it really made me think is, you see, my version or Juicy's version is the oriental version of it. Mm. It's again spatial. Mm. It's like this picture without mm. time. Mm. And then whereas that, your interpretation is mm. sort of this, mm. this temporal mm. interpretation mm-hmm. where we have the time um, playing in it. Which bizarrely so is quite close to Einstein. It was really fascinating. Yeah. No, and then there's a circle, and, and yeah. I'm yeah. so touched. It was yeah. really fascinating. I, I want to th- thank you for coming, and, and thank you for accidentally coming uh, into English. Uh, and uh, despite, your, despite your protestations, uh, writing so brilliantly in English, because it's inspiring and, and helping all of your fellow Irish writers. Oh. So thank you. That really means a lot to me. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.